0: To finish up Rockin' the Suburb week, I have an episode where Jim and Patrick joined me to talk about pop songs and what are some of Springsteen's greatest pop songs. Um, One of the things that Jim and Patrick do fairly often in Rockin' the Suburbs is they talk about perfect pop songs, and that's what led to this discussion. Hope you enjoy it.
1: Hey, y'all, this is Mary Nahorniak. When I'm not singing to my daughter and talking music with the guys from Rocking the Suburbs, I'm listening to Jesse Jackson on Set Lusting, Bruce. Party.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Listing Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and tonight I'm recording with two of my favorite fellow podcasters. That's right. We are rocking the suburbs via Skype. I have Jim and Patrick with me. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello, Jesse. So well, why don't you guys introduce yourselves? Uh, you both have been on the show separately, and yep. you've been kind enough to invite me to your podcast, but why don't you kind of share a little bit about yourselves and your podcast, and then we'll talk about what we're going to do tonight.
2: Okay, so I'll start. You can sure. jump in at any yeah. point here. I'm Jim. I'm Patrick. Uh, Jim Lenahan. Yes. I guess people need to know that. And, uh, you know, for the record, when you go into court, you have to state your name for the record, oh. right? So <laughs> Patrick and I... Yeah. We started a podcast called Dad Rock. Yes, we did. And we did that for about a year and a half. Uh-huh. And that was when you were nice enough, Jesse, to have us each separately on your show. And that was great. Best and, I think
3: best breakfast I've yes. ever had in my life.
2: And yes. Yeah. And we talked to you, Jesse, when we were down in Dallas as part of like a little road trip that we uh, did for the podcast, right? Amazing. And yes. that was great. And you ordered some kind of country fried steak yes. and eggs or something. They might hear us yes.
0: And, and so we- listeners, you have to explain, I, I, I have to explain, I am a man of size, and Jim and Patrick are both thin as rails. You know, like, I'm looking for them, we're in this diner, and they they ordered pretty, I was waiting for them to go, I'll have some yogurt, and a little, you know, wheatgrass, you know, because they are just real thin. And I'm like, hey, they have a chicken fried steak, eggs benedict? Let's bring it on. That was, so,
2: uh, <laughs> yeah, always great. God,
0: that was great. Yeah.
2: So we, did,
0: well, By the we
3: way. we were <laughs> in <laughs> Texas. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it made sense, I think. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, so that was great. We met you. We had a great time at that breakfast, and uh, we talked to you then. Then you had us on your show, yep. and that was fun. And then we stopped doing the Dad Rock. We did because circumstances sort of intervened, and yeah and made us sort of go off on our own That's right. and do a new podcast, which we call Rock in the Suburbs, and we've been doing that for about six months. It's
3: been going great. We, it's Monday through Friday.
2: Yeah, we changed up the format. It's a daily show now, yeah. so we try to keep the episodes under 20 minutes. Sometimes mm-hmm. that doesn't always a work. Harder. Yeah, But uh, we talk about uh, music. It's, um, I, I guess you would describe it. We call it Rock in the Suburbs because it sort of gives you the sense of, like, these are guys who are you know, family guys, sort of le- le- leading the domestic kind yeah, of life. Totally. Uh, you know, we're older gentlemen, and uh, we just love music. I'm sitting here in Patrick's basement right now, and I'm surrounded by vinyl records, and, you know, it's an amazing thing. And what we found is that there are a lot of people out there like us. There are yeah. a lot of people. We just got an email today from a guy who said he has been listening to us for a long time, and he's like 54, and he's still into music, and he has a hard time finding other people who share this passion right. because as you get older a lot of people sort of age out they only listen to the stuff that they liked when they were you know teenagers and maybe in their 20s and and here's some what we found is that there's a lot of there are enough people like us who are total music geeks for life that they uh enjoy that perspective and they feel like they're sort of hanging out with us and also patrick we should mention too that we usually uh now with the new show yeah Uh, enjoy some beverages we talk about
3: beer because we like to drink a good beer
2: I was gonna say right now I am drinking a trogues perpetual (sighs) IPA which I just picked up at the supermarket on the way over to Patrick's and and bought it purely because it was on sale and it's great it's fantastic so we have delicious
3: yeah so good I've only drank in four
0: well I in honor
2: Zima period music of some and and somehow we started riffing on Zima yes and then it Came to light that it was coming back for some right. limited time, yeah. some and so we kept sort of promoting that. And then we we tried it out on the back deck at my house. We recorded. We had like a little party, and we had a Zima tasting. Yeah, didn't go that well. I don't know what, what do you, your experience is like. What do you think? No.
0: Of it? Yes. Um, as I said, uh, I will probably not finish this, but I'm I'm <laughs> sipping it out of loyalty. When we do get together, we will have to do a bourbon tasting in honor of yes. uh, our Absolutely. love of Louisville. Um, so, one of the things that Jim and Patrick do really well is they they have theme weeks. They will have a guest that will visit with them for the whole, as I do air quotes, the week. Um, and they will talk about different stories. They have done cover episodes where they talk about uh, cover songs. They did a great uh, discussion of great songs that you're tired of. Um, which I thought was a really interesting. For example, Bruce Springsteen's I'm on Fire, how this perfect pop song discussion started. Give me the history, and then that's what we're going to talk about tonight.
2: Perfect pop song. How would that come up, Patrick?
0: Uh, I don't know, Jim. I think it was your idea, man. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know what? I, you know, well, first of all, let me just say one of the funny things about recording episodes that, that, uh, that publish five days a week is I can barely remember once <laughs> that we, that we had like, you know, three, four weeks ago, let alone like several right. months ago. Right? right. It's just, there's a lot of content there, but the perfect pop idea came up, you know, we're not the first ones to sort of explore this territory, no, not but, at all. Yeah, but it, and
3: it's a personal concept, right. Right? right?
2: But it came up with I think the yeah, I think I was putting together a playlist on my uh, my Spotify account where I was sort of challenging myself. That's what it was. That's I was what sort of challenging was. myself to like what You would,
3: started
0: it. That's man.
2: it. Okay, so now it's coming back to me. I was like, what would I put together as a as a collection of songs that I think are just perfect? And then the challenge, of course, was that uh, I could only pick one song by any individual. And sometimes it wasn't necessarily my favorite song. Like right. there, sometimes you but think it like was,
3: right, the best constructed. That's that. right. Yeah, right. Yeah.
2: But like what makes it sort of like that's the perfect song yep. of that artist versus necessarily the one that you think yep. is your, is your own personal favorite. Right. So that's when we came up with the idea of perfect pop. A lot of, there's been some confusion, I think from people because everybody has sort of a different, different definition of pop.
4: Yeah.
2: And so it's like, is it a, is it a pop song meaning like it's not a rock song some people right. take, might take it that way is it and a pop is, song meaning it has like a like sort of pop construction right. like
3: and this is what i want to ask right. you guys about right regarding bruce
2: yes right. and so that's basically how it got started we've done uh i don't know we've probably had about thir- somewhere in the range of like about 15 perfect pop selections both from me and patrick and then guests of the show yep. and listeners have contributed and we've had you know we interviewed chuck Prophet, who's a uh, some people might recognize him as a uh, a, a musician of some note, and mm-hmm. he contributed to it. We also uh, asked sense. Tommy Stinson yeah. from the Replacements about it, right? And we haven't actually aired that bit yet. No, yet. Not we yet. still have oh. that sort of in our archive, so we have a couple of picks from him. So the Springsteen question, I think, is a really, yeah. really, really difficult yeah, one.
0: Well, yeah, and really to pull back the curtain on you know i so far they have not blocked my phone number uh because i tend to call at least once or twice a week because when i listen to the show i i think of something and and so i was thank you and so i i was like well you could go glory days or dancing in the dark as a perfect pop song but i i said you know let me send a curveball speaking of glory days to the guys and i won't pick a springsteen song i'll pick something else and you know bowling with soup uh the girls all the guys bad guys want was something that my son in junior high he liked that song and i for some reason thought it was just this fun great pop song because it had a lot of different tempos and it was clever and, and it was just a fun song. And so I said, okay, I'm going to totally go outside of my norm and suggest this a song.
4: turntable's in her eyes like a bad movie, she's looking through me, if you were me then you'd be, screaming someone shoot me, as I fell miserably, trying to get the girl all the bad guys wants, see the girl all the bad guys wants.
0: Jim and Patrick emailed me and said... You know, you've been asking us to be on the show. Why don't we talk about Bruce's pop songs? We think it would be a fun episode, and I totally agree. So that's how this kind of came up. With um, did I remember correct, guys? I think that's that right. That sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, That's we're gonna, you know, we're gonna print the legend, right? We're gonna be like uh, Jimmy Stewart, <laughs> and then, yeah. Um, so
2: yes, and then the doors blew open, and the yes, pig man stormed exactly. through, right? Yes. Okay.
0: Um, so we kind of did through an email. We came up with our discussion that we'll we're gonna eat. We each picked three songs that we feel are good examples of Bruce writing pop songs. I think we're gonna have a little discussion beforehand. I I, I heard you had some questions for us. As he said, we didn't pick Glory Days or Dancing in the Dark. Um, I know I picked one off. You know, Born in the USA. Uh, But most of us, we kind of pick things that you may not have thought about for the boss. We're going to go around the table, but little Stephen in the documentary, uh, you know, The Promise, um, talked about, he said, if Bruce had wanted to be a pop, you know, an artist who wrote pop songs, he believed he could have been one of the best pop song writers of all time. Now that's bold claim from the pirate, little Stephen. But I do think there is a, at least a grain of truth of that, because when Bruce wanted to do something catchy and and you know that's easy to sing along with, he's very good at it. What do you guys think?
2: Completely. And I think if I'm remembering, I I often get the two documentaries confused. There's the one from the Promise, and there's one on the River. I right, think yeah. the the ties that bind. Yeah. Yeah. But um. I think you're right on that one. Didn't he even say something to the effect of like, you know, in a few years earlier or 10 years earlier or something like that, like, like Bruce could have worked in the Brill building. Like he was that good. He could have been like cranking out those, those, those catchy pop songs like Carol King did. Right. 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 Yes. The other thing too, I want to mention is, um, you know, I do think there are certain songs, like you said, like dancing in the dark is one of those that is completely, you know, just catchy and, and a pop song and has that sort of very traditional verse, chorus, verse kind of structure to it. He also was like, he apparently just like wrote it like really quickly to be, yeah. you know, when they sort of like, we need a radio single and he could just do it. Like that's, that. that's an amazing yeah, thing. Totally. Yes. The other one you didn't mention too, that I think, you know, is is quite perfect, but uh, but maybe too obviously so is Hungry
0: Heart. Yeah. Yes. I totally agree with that. Yes, that is. In fact, that was, I guess, one of his first real... Radio hits. I think that was a a gateway drug to a lot of Springsteen fans hearing "Hungry Heart" on the radio. Um, so yeah, I think so. Did and before we give our songs, or maybe you guys want to share it as you give your songs? What was your criteria in what you thought would be a fair Springsteen pop song? And Jim, we'll start with you. Oh, okay.
2: Oh, you know, and and one other thing I wanted to mention too, Jesse, based on your comment about. Uh, Steve Van Zandt, I think he's right in his characterization of Springsteen as a pop songwriter, but I also think he needs to give himself some credit for this, too, because I think Steven's influence on Bruce brought out the best in him. And you got to think about this. Before they recorded... Before he did the Born to Run album, I would... You know, you, you didn't necessarily see necessarily a great pop songwriter in Bruce's work on his first two albums. I mean, there were some touches there but i think interesting but it's not necessarily great like pop song craft yeah right
0: yeah. yes
2: so i think Steve, I, I think little steven's influence really sort of changed his direction and made him realize that you know that you don't need to do all that to write a great pop song
0: yeah i think so and i also love um supposedly uh steven would go really we're giving this one away say the song he's talking about because I suspect it might make one of our lists. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, it is, it's is—it's kind of interesting to... I agree with you that, you know, their friendship, historically, Bobby Jean is a lot of speculation that was their yeah. song that Bruce wrote about their friendship. Um, and you can tell even to this day, um, like when you hear Bruce talk about putting the uh east street band when they were nominated in the rock and roll hall of fame he told the story about him and little steven when he when bruce was nominated and steven pushing no you should wait till all of us can be there and and he bruce shared about you know a little bit of hurt feelings and maybe a little bit of ego so they've remained friends for years and uh, i do think they've been good for each other
2: yeah, I think every great songwriter, pretty much every great songwriter needs that that person to sort of bounce things off of, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, worked for, yeah. you know, Lennon McCartney and Jagger Richards and, you know, even like uh, Tom Petty and Mike Campbell, right? They're always yeah. just like a guy. It's written by
3: Bruce. Yes. Written by Bruce. It's a river outtake. Um, and it's really a takeoff on a song that became more famous later. So people know Nebraska, right? Uh, the song is called Open All Night, Jim. You know this song? Mm-hmm. Um, it's the only song in Nebraska with an electric guitar, right? Mm-hmm. And then on the river, there was an outtake of it, okay? Mm-hmm. So this outtake was called...
2: Living on the Edge of the World. Living Last uh, week, but yes. anyway, Living on the, on the living Edge of the World.
3: World is the song I'm talking about. And folks, listen to it. It's just like an earlier version of the song. So Springsteen was that good, that early. Yep. Folks.
4: Early North Jersey, industrial skyline.
0: yeah i um i think that's a great song um you know one of the things that's amazing about bruce is his the catalog of the songs he didn't release you know if for those of you who are not hardcore fans tracks is a box set of just out songs that didn't make the cut, right? And and it's just like four CDs of songs that uh, is amazing. Um, Yeah, I I love that song, and I think it's a great choice. Thank you. All right.
2: Excellent. Yeah. All right, so now I get to go. Yes. Right? Go, Jim. Okay. Go. So since you mentioned tracks, Jesse, I'm going to stick with that for a second here. And I'm going to... Remember a time that I saw Springsteen a few years ago. I I think I've seen him a total of six times. And one of those times was a few years ago. He played in Charlottesville, Virginia. And, Jesse, this was so cool because uh, in Charlottesville, the um, arena there, the basketball arena where the University of Virginia plays, it's about 15,000 capacity. Yeah,
1: wow. Which...
2: Makes it smaller than most of the yeah. normal arenas, you yeah. know that that uh, oh. somebody like Springsteen would play. Right. I mean, usually those are twenty or so. So it's like just that little bit of difference made it a more intimate yeah. show, right? Uh-huh. Probably about the smallest that he would play today, right. wouldn't you say? Right. Totally. right. Oh yeah. Anyway, so he's playing the show, and um, I'm there with my friend uh, Chris Wadsworth. It was his yeah. first show, sure. He ever saw Springsteen, and um and Springsteen plays at one point pretty early on the show, he plays a seaside bar song. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, wow. and it was great. And then he finishes that up and he says, We're going deep on tracks tonight. <laughs> and the next song he played, which is one of my uh, this year, which I think is just an incredible pop song in that brill building sort of style Give the Girl a Kiss. Oh,
4: nice.
0: oh yes, that is so nice. Gosh, I would have loved to have been at that show. <laughs> It was great. Yeah. Oh, that is wonderful. Um, Oh, good. Well, I ain't looking for
4: excitement. Baby, that's just a fact. But if you want to get to her heart, you better let her know just where you're at. Whoa.
0: have on my all hardcore springsteen fans have this list of songs they're chasing their version of springsteen bingo um give the girl a kiss would be close to being on my list um uh lion's den is one of the songs from Mm. tracks that i really love that i gave a lot of thought to perhaps being on this list
2: I know same thing it has a great beginning. Yeah. I love that little like sort of spoken wordish kind of beginning yeah, to it. Really it's nice. so good. Yeah. Yeah. Um Give the girl a kiss is from that you know, that darkness on the edge of town outtakes. And I yeah, think... like the, the promise kind yeah, of area. Right. And the story on that was just, they had so much time in the studio, right? Because they have... He, he was having the contractual yeah.
3: issues yeah. with... And he was encouraging people to bootleg shows at that period.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. And
2: so he just, he just had all this time to record all this stuff. That's and right. there's so many great outtakes from yeah. that, the, those sessions. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. So I this i had a lot of trouble picking by the way a commercial uh coming up in a couple months i'm going to have a couple people from europe join me uh to do our 10 favorite songs because someone had posted their 10 favorite springsteen songs and both of these regular listeners like i don't know if i agree with that list and so i said okay well come on the show and do your own and now then they're trying to i can't get it down to just 10 jesse and I and i wanted to go hey i've got to get it down to three for this episode so but i picked another outtake from the promise ain't good enough for you
2: Jesse, I think you, I think you've nailed it. <laughs> that one is an amazing pop song. Yeah, it is so stuff. catchy. It's got the greatest hook. It it feels like it's of a different era, but like also like could be from any time. Yes. Yeah, right. It's it's beautiful yeah. song.
0: Thank you. Yeah, I this is one I would probably make a mess of myself if he played that live, but I would just be so thrilled to see that. So uh, good. I'm glad you guys liked it.
2: Well, here's so here's my question for you, Jesse, as you know, as somebody like yourself who's really studied Springsteen's work, you know, he has all these amazing outtakes from those sessions from both Darkness and the River. And the River, you know, um has more of a pop sensibility I think than than Darkness does, but it's sort of like do you think that why do you think it was that he kept a lot of that stuff out, those like really poppy 60s, you know, influenced kind of songs? Darkness on the Edge of Town is a much, you know, in the title it's a much darker yes heavier kind of record right was it just because of you think the the times right then and it's sort of like he wanted to still project this image as sort of like a rock star and not a pop star or something like that i think
0: that's a fair guess i i also think one of the things you hear if you listen to east street radio uh sirius xm you know he'll he's putting together that jigsaw puzzle of the story he wants to tell on that album i think he is you know i i i like hearing people talk about screenwriting and uh, i'll listen to podcasts about creative people cliche you have to kill your babies you know sometimes you have to kill your favorite joke or scene to make the story work the way you want to, this this script you're working mm-hmm. on, and I think maybe that could be him. That he has to, yes, this is a great pop song, but it doesn't fit what I'm trying to sell. Right, and so therefore I'm going to put it aside.
2: Yeah, I think that's, I think that's probably it, right? Yeah, and certainly with "Darkness on the Edge yeah. of Town," you know, yes. he was going for something there that
0: really spoke to the times, right? Yeah, I think okay. so. Um, so that's what I would do. Though I, I do we have this discussion sometimes when I have a guest on is I would be happy with a Springsteen concert that started with Tunnel of Love forward. And that's all he played is songs from those Mm. releases. And most classic fans will say, and I would be okay doing darkness and before and not hearing anything before that. Um, So I, I think it just depends on, kind of when you found your Bruce voice and what you feel for, I tend to like some of the later stuff more than I do the earlier stuff. So Okay. Okay. All right. What do we got
3: next? Oh, I got a song, Jesse. I'm going to talk about a song, you know, like many songs that I talk about. Um, I'm going down on Porn in the USA. To me, that's a perfect song, uh, but it's perfect in the sense that, when you're hurting and you're sad and everything's going wrong for you because you had a girlfriend who loved that song and you don't have that girlfriend mm-hmm. anymore. Yes. It's just that, just that. I think that when you examine a pop song or a rock and roll song, or whatever kind of song, and you're in pain, you examine it so much more perfectly, right? Yes. When you're sad, rock and roll means yeah. so much more to you than it does when you're happy, you know? Yeah. Or it means something different, Jim. Right. And so, you know, I was always sad, and but I was, now I'm going down. But that's what it's about, being sad. Like, you're no longer good enough. Everything you did that made you laugh before didn't make you laugh anymore. So, that's what I'm saying, Jess.
1: we <laughs> Where we sit in the car.
0: I think that is beautiful. You know, I I have a different drum from Linda Ronstadt. Uh I I was in college and and this girl that I was assumed was going to be the love of my life broke my yeah. heart and I went and had headphones and just played that song on an album over and over again. Um it was sad that day. Yeah, it was a sad that day. No, it's true and I um I love that feeling of because Pop doesn't have to be happy. It can oh. be this sad song that that you can almost wrap yourself in that sadness and right. in a healthy way work through that.
3: Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going down. It's about, you know, going down in every sense. But accepting yeah. it. You're right. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, I get that you no longer love me, but whatever. <laughs>
0: Well, we're here for you now, and we're, here, <laughs> we're emotionally <laughs> holding for you. Um, I just need music uh, dip, for it just di- Different drum, by the way, written by Mike Nesmith. Oh, you knew that, right? Yes, yeah, did, yeah,
2: yeah. A great pop songwriter.
0: Absolutely. You know. you know, the other thing I think that's important to talk about in going down is if you're going to write a, at least in my mind, you know, a checklist of things. That make a perfect pop song is repeatable phrases. I, I don't yeah. know if you guys remember, you know, the, there was a Saturday Night Live skit where, um, you know, people casual fans sing the Beatles and they only know the little catchphrases. You know, <laughs> Penny yeah. Lane is in my head and in my heart, and then they're <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and I think that has a lot to do with pop. You know that that catchphrase or that the chorus or or some the phrase that's repeated and I think that's a great, you know, I'm going down is a really good example of that. So well done. All um, right. Thank you. All right. So is it my yes, my it, turn is. Now? yes turn, it is, Jim. Jim. Go, man. Go. Right.
2: I'm gonna play off of this right. what Patrick just said yeah. about the sort of the sadness. The other thing about a great pop song is it doesn't have to be a up tempo song, right? right. It Jump. can be a slower song yes. too. Yes. And There's a song, a a later period, uh, Springsteen song, from what I call his Wilderness Years, Mm -hmm. where he was uh, without the East Street Band trying to do something else. And it's called If I Should Fall Behind. Yes, And it was originally on Lucky Town, which is a really underrated record. That's a really good record. Totally agree. Uh, But then the version that he recorded with the uh, reconstituted East Street Band Mm -hmm. uh, later on when they... Uh, right around two thousand I think uh, when they reformed and we're gonna go on a tour it's amazing go check this out there's there's a video of it that you can watch on uh you know on the youtubes or whatever it what is so amazing about this song and it really sort of makes me it really almost makes me kind of tear up every time I watch it is that it's one of the only times i, I I've ever known him to really allow the other band members to participate vocally mm. in, a, yes. in a track in a, in a, in a substantial way. And it was because he was getting the band back together and he thought like, Hey, let's, let's do this song. And each member of the e Street band takes a verse and it's a very sparse song. There's just this, re- there's this really just kind of lovely little guitar part. The melody is just beautiful, but what, makes it just a perfect pop song is there's two things it's it's sort of the sentiment of the song which originally written was you know relationship song but in this version takes on more of a a friendship kind of meaning um great melodically but uh in, in in its simplicity which i think is also important but the beauty of it is you know when you write a great pop song true greatness it has like a universal truth yeah. to it right yes and i can't really think of a relationship song that kind of speaks to what relationships are all about better than the lines um i'll wait for you and if i should fall behind wait for me yeah. i mean honestly like you, does does that sum up what you everybody hopes for and wants and seeks in in terms of a relationship right and so it's just really a beautiful lovely song it's very simple it has almost a gospel feeling to it and uh you know it's just a perfect pop song
1: we swore we'd travel darling side by side we'd help other. The steps fall so differently, I'll wait for you, should I fall behind.
4: Steps clear So the other may
0: It is my go-to, um, if I'm writing a card to someone that's getting married, (laughs) you know, I, I tend to quote some of that lyrics. Um, I also, I don't know if you've seen, but, um, they do kind of a waltz version in the, when they were in Dublin. And so it changes the tempo a little bit. Mm. Um, it's definitely worth checking out, um, I mean, just a quote for a minute, because this is truly one of my favorite songs. Now, everyone dreams of love lasting and true. Oh, but you and I know what this world can do. So let's make our steps clear that the other may see. I'll wait for you. And if I should fall behind, wait for me. We're all three married. We all three have children. Yeah. And we've mm-hmm. gone through that where it, it's a journey and it's it's can it's it's fun sometimes and sometimes it's hard work, and the beauty of that song is the simplicity of, you know, I may get lost, will you wait for me?
2: Yeah, no, that's exactly it. what people know when they are in a long-term relationship. I've been married for, oh geez, now I got to remember. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, back, years, uh, yeah. twenty-three years. And Patrick's a little bit more than me, I think. 79, right, 79, yeah. you're seventy nine, yeah, seventy nine years. Okay, no, um, but you know, it's that whole thing that you're not always in sync. You're not always in the same place all the time. But it's that faith that you have that you're going to, you know, get there. You're going to get back. You you have that trust in the other person, right? And so, it it's just it, it's an unbelievably beautiful sentiment. I it it feels like a song that. You, you almost can't believe somebody wrote because it's just so, you know, perfect in that sense. Uh, but also, what I was going to say about this particular version with the whole E Street Band trading off is then it shows you that um, that it goes beyond just that that, that sort of um, love for another person and that trust in another person extends beyond just that Marital relationship, or that you know, sort of romantic relationship into friendship, which is makes it in a lot of ways even more beautiful in some sense, right? Well, man, I'm really getting heavy on this thing. (laughs) No, no, Jim, I appreciate it (laughs) because
0: think about it when you (laughs) You watch, yeah, this is the reunion tour, they had been apart for a long time, right? There were that hurt feelings, um. You know, if you ever, uh, you know, Clarence Clement had a, a great book about tall tales, and he talked about he was a Thringo star when he got the phone call that he was being fired. And so, you know, who else could understand that more than anything else, right? Um, but now, then, when you see them sing that, and Danny and Clarence are gone, makes the video even oh. more, you know, yeah. special. So great yeah. pick, absolutely. Um, I, I think you may win the night just that that story. So that's awesome. Now,
2: and uh, you know, I think Patrick and I feel have these feelings all the time, of course. right? Yes, yes. yes. Very similar. We're rarely in sync.
0: <laughs> well, but he
2: knows he knows I'll wait for him. That's
0: right. Well, and you know, when I needed to put something out, and my listeners know and. Uh, you know going through my battle with cancer uh, you know he did a version of blood brothers um, and he had a had a, a extra verse talking about you know it's a good night for a ride across the river to the other side my blood brothers and it was never an official release he just did it live and that's one of my you know great songs and i use that You know, kind of sometimes when I'm doing updates about what's happening. Um, I did think it's an interesting discussion when I read Bruce's autobiography. Because one of the questions I always had is why doesn't he let other people sing? Mm -hmm. Uh, Like Willie Nelson, here's one for my sister. And, you know, and you will see, I mean, Billy Joel once let, you know, his roadie do highway to hell at a show i went to but you know bruce is filled with great musicians that have their own you know separate careers you're like why wouldn't he let him sing and the book makes it very clear he is the boss and this is this is it is go ahead
3: well you know, it's a great point, Jesse. I once sang a song at a at a Willie Nelson concert. Oh, <laughs> I'm Willie Nelson, Nelson.
0: <laughs> Oh, wow. We need that. Yes. <laughs>
3: but let me ask you this, sure. Jim and Jesse. Uh, do you think it, you know? Because this is to me so much about Springsteen, the mythology of like I'm going to start a song, and then there's going to be the story in the middle bit. Mm-hmm. Ties the song together and makes the song, you know, so much different and perfect, right? So, like, growing up, 1978, Agora, Cleveland, Ohio, right? Came out. It's live, liking, downloaded from Bruce Springsteen. Jesse, to you, is that a perfect pop song when he stops the song and then tells the story and then plays the rest of the mm-hmm. song? Like, how does that, how do you feel about that?
0: So, it depends on the song. Um, when, he did – my second ever Bruce Springsteen show was the Devils and Dust solo tour. And um, it was in a very small venue in Grand Prairie, Texas. Um, I had the worst seat in the house. Um, there was a – to the right of me was the aisle, and to the left of me was a pillar. I had a seat by <laughs> myself. And um, – and a guy came up to me and said, do you want a better seat? And I thought it was a scalper. And then it hit me. Wait a minute. I'm inside the building. This can't be a scalper. And uh, it was someone from Springsteen's camp. And I ended up getting like fifth row center seats. Wow. So, yeah. Cool. Great show. But um, Jesus was an only son. Um, he talked about that he wanted he was really interested in thinking about motherhood and uh devils and dust has a a few songs about parenthood long time coming is another good song about parenthood and he talked about in the middle of this song he kind of goes on to this little discussion that you know was in the garden of gethsemane was jesus sitting there going you know maybe i could buy that little bar in galilee mary magdalene and i could run it and i could do the preaching on the weekend and and um he talked about that it's the humanity of um jesus's sacrifice that means a lot it's the humanity of any sacrifice and then he finishes the song i love every time he does that
1: Mother, pray, sleep tight, my child, sleep well, for I'll be at your side. That no shadow, no darkness, no tolling bell, shall pierce your dreams this night. that we make are given their value by the things that we give up for them, the parts of life that we, that we pass by. You had to be thinking, gee, Galilee is pretty nice this time of year. There's a little bar, I could manage it. Mary Magdalene to Ten Bar, to do the preaching on the weekends, and uh, have some kids, get to watch the sun on their face, get to feel the breath in your lungs. prayed for the life he'd never lived he beseeched his heavenly father remove a cup of death from his lips now there's a loss that can never be replaced a destination that can never be reached a light you'll never find Face, a sea whose distance cannot be breached. Well, Jesus kissed his mother's hands, and whispered, Mother, still your tears, for remember the soul of the universe. Will the world end
0: up here? I think it depends on the song. If that's not too much of a. No, um, I favorite. mean, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, totally. so, yeah, absolutely. Um, so
3: that was kind of my curiosity about okay. picking a perfect Bruce song. Right. Yeah. Cause really the story of, you know, from like Cleveland in 78 shaped a lot of my life because at one point he says, I was going to this Catholic school, I got sent home for pissing in my desk. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. The crowd cheers like uncontrollably and then he says, "Obviously a popular pastime, right?" Yeah. So I was like, "Yeah." Well, that's really cool, man. <laughs> I, <laughs> I to get sent home? Yes. For being yourself
0: yeah. like the Best,
3: man. You know, so I'm I'm signed up for that.
0: Well, I remember I was um John Hyatt was playing here in Dallas and he was doing just like your dad did in the middle yep. of the out middle of the song. He started telling the story about his dad and his mom and him and his siblings watching Ed Sullivan and the Beatles were yep. going to be on there. And he tells this long story about, even though we were really poor, we had one of the first TVs that had a remote control and his dad changed the channel when you know next up the Beatles and 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 he's all worried and then his dad gets the channel right back in time for to hear Elvin Sullivan Ed Sullivan say here's the Beatles and mm-hmm. and he goes crazy you know it's sank me and my sister were dancing and we're laughing and then he goes into the end of just like your dad did And it it stuck with me because it was it, amplified the song. It made the song work more with that story. So I think that's and once again a good artist can do that. And you know, a mediocre artist it just doesn't click.
2: Right. Okay. Well I think I think a great pop song should move you in some way. And right. And uh you know a Springsteen show is often sort of like part revival. Right. Yes. And you know, he's out there testifying, right? And yes, you know you as you as the audience. You should feel somehow moved by that. And so I, I think it all you know, fits together, right?
0: Absolutely yeah. In another life, he would be a southern preacher. Uh, you know. Right. Um, so my second is um, it is my son's favorite Springsteen song, and I'm so glad you guys mentioned the River because there that is a very pop album um sherry darling cadillac ranch hungry heart all those were possibly on my list but i ended up going with out in the street another and when the foreman calls time on monday when the foreman calls time i've already got friday on my mind and Mm -hmm. i don't think there's anyone in america no matter from ceo to the lowest intern that on monday morning isn't already thinking about friday and i just love that universal line
3: Absolutely.
2: yeah totally man. yeah well and it, it, and it's a callback to the easy beats yeah Friday in my mind which totally. starts with Monday you know yes. and goes through the whole week right so it's yeah it's mm-hmm. amazing that that's a great song too in the uh, I'm so glad you made that pick because it has one of those choruses that you you will never forget no, you know right that it's just Instantly
3: imprinted on your mind that's right yes
2: um, and uh, and it has sort of a, a, a real kind of like Oh, it it has this real kind of like street energy. Yeah, do you yes. know what I mean? Like yeah. you, yes, I like do. it called out on the street, but you feel it. Like you feel like you're, you know, in the the city, right? Oh, you know, from yeah. the just the whole beat of the song and the whole way it, uh, you know, the way it feels, right? Right.
0: And, and you have the uh oh, uh oh, which is yes. a wonderful yeah. sing along, <laughs> both live <laughs> and then when you're on the radio. Um, you know, because once again. Um, a good pop song you sing along with on the radio. Um, I'm I'm a little bit older than you guys, and um, I grew up heavy AM radio, and a lot of my cooler friends listened to the FM radio. And I said, but. I don't know the songs you can't sing along and they said that's part of the joy and I'm like no it's not <laughs> what's the purpose of a radio if you can't sing along with it right <laughs> so that's awesome um well good I'm glad you like like that one um all right we got one more round to go Patrick
3: well I'm going to go with something pretty obvious here Jesse okay um, 10th Avenue Freeze out mm-hmm. right Born yes. to Run it's a classic song but to me, it always evoked some mystery, like, what was 10th Avenue and what was a freeze out and what did I do when I walked around yeah, the corner? Like, a good who are point. these people, you know? Yeah. And it was always mysterious to me, yet it swung so hard, like, and I recognized some of the stuff from Motown and, you know, some horns I'd heard before, maybe, you know, I don't know where, but Bruce, you know, gobbled up. 45 some weird
2: places jim i don't know yeah just like the the weirdness of it well it has a very stacks yeah sound to it completely i love the way you know when he plays that live that's usually like where he 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 has that microphone stand that's sort of like implanted in the stage so it doesn't move and then he like leans way back where he's back you know almost touching the the stage floor yes and the and the the horns just come in and it plays and then he's just like revived like James Brown and it's just he jumps up and it's amazing it's, 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 it's incredible always,
3: yeah it's always been to me like his synthesis of Detroit and Chicago and like all the blues right. and like everything that was weird and exciting to him and somehow he managed to you know, file it all down into one nice fingernail, and that's
2: 10th it's, it's me, and it yeah. sort of tells a story about the band, so, and you yes, know,
3: the big man, everything is in down. there.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: I love when it's live. In fact, we have a um, I have a local um, Bruce Springsteen kind of tribute band that plays every once in a while, and the guys are really nice. And but I always tell them, I said it. It just doesn't seem right that your lead singer doesn't go. And this is the important part, you know. <laughs> uh, and you know, even now when he he plays this, um, you know, they show pictures of Danny. And they show pictures of Clarence. And um, it, it is just um, it is just a celebration of joy. And it is, um, you know, I was so glad that he played that when he did the Super Bowl. It, it's just a wonderful song that you you get up and you sing when it's live. And when it's on the, the radio or on your CD player or your iTunes, wherever you're listening to it, you turn it up. Um, you know, if I've been doing a series of you know cage matches where you pick two beloved songs, and I think Rosalita and 10th Avenue Freeze Out would be a great debate yeah. because they're so both in that same sense of energy and excitement and and yep. joy. Um, great choice. Totally agree. Um, wonderful. Wonderful. So, Thank
3: you. And can I really quickly, before anyone says yeah. anything else, here's a close fourth place: Candy's Room. Mm, okay. Hmm. So No, no. I, then, anyway, go ahead, Jim.
2: No, no, like no. Just sort of slide uh, that's it a in, curious it? one.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. That well, is a g- food for thought. Go okay. And,
2: and what makes that a great pop song? Ah, you it's think?
3: a long story. Go ahead. Okay.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what Are, I was going to ask about 10th Avenue Freezeout yeah. is to the the Springsteen scholars here on the line. Yeah. Is isn't that the one where, um. Little Steven basically had to like redo the horn charts for it right. or something yes, like that, right? right? And basically yeah. like teach the horn players like how to play this, <laughs> that's right. the yes, right way, the right soul. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. and it again goes to how important I think he is as an influence. Authenticity. On... That's yeah. right. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's that's really an amazing song. Yeah. Okay.
0: But and as a side um, note, it, I don't know if you guys have talked about his solo album yet. Had an episode, uh, Soulfire. Oh no, not really. No, but it's it. When you guys check it out, I think it'd be worth a discussion. Uh, I've
2: listened to it. It's it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. Good. All right. All right, Jim. All right. So
2: Go, I'm gonna end this. Well, so let no. me do a little bit of setup. I, and to end this. I know this is totally cheating here. Well, yeah, first of all, let cheating. me let me do a little rock in the suburb yeah. sound effect. Would you please? Ah, nice. Yeah. Okay. That's a uh, Lost Rhino Rhino Chasers Pilsner. Lost Rhino there. being a local Northern Virginia like brewery. Nice.
3: Yeah. You can crawl home from there, Jim.
2: Yes. I can Yeah. Uh, and I and I sometimes may <laughs> do that. Yeah. Okay. So when I was making this last pick, first yep. of all, let me set this up by saying uh, when I was putting together my Spotify list, the song I actually ended up picking from Springsteen is not one that we're talking about tonight yeah, which is weird, a funny yeah. thing yeah only because i think jesse's probably talked about this song to death yeah. and the song is thunder road yep. and yes. thunder road to me is the perfect springsteen song it's not it depends on, again how you define pop music i define pop music in sort of the broadest sense in terms yeah. of being popular music but um, it's not a traditional pop song structure. there's no, no verse chorus verse in that it's a, it's more linear it just sort of you know continues to build upon itself and to me, that's sort of like the brilliance of it that it just you know it just keeps going and going to the point where like you pretty much have to stop everything you're doing when you you yeah. hear Thunder Road and just listen to this song mm-hmm. again and every time yeah. I hear it, I feel like I'm hearing it for the first time. It's that great of a song, but we're not going to talk about that tonight. The well,
0: I, I, if we can, just a few minutes. Yes, mm-hmm. we've talked Thunder Road to death, but I think it is, it's is—it's because it is, you know, you could make the argument, and and I'm sure Born to Run and other songs may have something to say about that, you know, as we talk about the greatest quarterback of all times, and uh, <laughs> Joe Montana may have something to say about that, you know, to, in that discussion. But Thunder Road could be Bruce's greatest song. Yeah, and, I, it, and if it's not there, it's in the discussion.
2: That's right. Totally. No, I was going to say, yes, and that would be the argument I would make. That I yeah. think if I had sure. to pick one, sure, man. that's probably it. It yeah. just is absolute perfection. It just, like I said, it just... Um, yeah, as as you never heard Rosalita. But- well, I love Rosalita <laughs> too. But I love Rosalita for different reasons, you know? Yeah, uh, Rosalita is a... Now, that's a song I love because by the end of it, you're, like, worn out. It is it is exactly. a song.
3: And that's a spring scene that's yes. aesthetic, man. Yes. I, yes. I get you. Like, yeah.
2: like you just, like...
3: I care so much about you, you should climb
2: down the chimney. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm... I'm you know, there's so... And and that ultimately, that comes down to the core of this assignment, which is right. the, how difficult it is to pick yes. these great pop songs because his work is so varied and because he's so talented in terms of writing these different you know kinds of songs and different structures you know that it takes you off in a different directions. but um so that so that's what i have to say about thunder road but the song i wanted to end with here i'm going to go back to a couple couple reasons why i picked this one one is i think um the testament of a great pop song is that it can be covered by other people Sure. and hold up is a really good yeah. song right? it can be interpreted cool. by others
3: yeah it's kind of important actually. and so yeah. first i was yeah. gonna
2: pick because the night because of course the patty smith song that's yes. all the criteria and uh yeah. ten thousand maniacs also did that song and it was right. really great and then you hear the springsteen version that's on the promise and and i've seen him do it live as well and it's amazing also and it just has this amazing sort of uh Again, kind of a build to it, kind of like this incredible, like intensity to that song. So I was almost going to pick that. I, so you, you can you can sense here how I'm sort of cheating by mentioning songs I was going to no, pick. No, like, I really agree with that. But, but anyway, here's where I landed because I'm going to go back to our podcast when Patrick and I interviewed and, and and Patrick gets full credit for this. He set this up. It was one of the best things we've done. We interviewed this guy. Uh, Dave Blanco from a Echo band. Park,
0: Jimmy? No, I'm sorry.
2: No. <laughs> uh, no. Did I get a that's... little
0: bit of joy? Then I threw that in there.
2: That's great too. Was, okay. Yeah. That's great too. But uh, Dave Blanco from this band Marat, yeah. who is a a Springsteen sort of influenced band in a lot of ways, and he and he's met Springsteen. And what was the deal? Like Springsteen came up to him and said how much he loved Marat. Yeah. and yeah. all this. It was a great interview. We talked about that right. on the interview. But he really sort of like said this in such a a beautiful way about what makes a great pop song which is that you're looking for the simplest thing that no one has yet discovered that's right
0: right. okay
2: and so when i thought about that a little bit more and it sort of put that more into like the springsteen lens i thought about the song fire
0: yeah okay
2: and when i hear you know people know that from the pointer sisters version (laughs)
4: Riding in your car, you turn on the radio, you're pulling me close. I just say, No, I say, I don't like it, but you know.
2: when I hear the Springsteen version, which is on The Promise, one of the first thoughts I have is, when he gets that, that part about, you gotta hold on me right from the start, I'm thinking like, God, that sounds like Elvis Presley. Yeah. Yes. And then I go and I research it, and I go like, he actually wrote that, hoping that Elvis Presley would record right. it, and then yes. Elvis died. Right. <laughs> right. So like, that's yeah. an amazing thing right there, that he's, that he's sort of like, you know, ha- right. has that frame of reference, and he's sort of channeling that. But mm-hmm. here's the beauty of that song. It's like, you know, lyrically it, it it's just amazing the, 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 the rhymes and the way he, he put so much like truth into that song. But but just think about this, just that whole doo, doo, do do <laughs> do 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 like that's it. That's audacious. the song. Yeah, it is
3: it's audacious to write a song like that.
2: That's yeah. the song. That's right. It is an incredible song. Yeah, you gotta be pretty,
3: you gotta be pretty self confident to write that so sparely and say, like, this works,
2: man. Right. I'm
4: driving.
2: and then he gave that song away. That's
0: right. And I think that is specifically the one little Steven said. Really? Um and you think about when this um after he was huge and uh the live set came out there was that um a video of him with someone with an accordion him doing fire. And then of course Robin Williams doing Elver Fudd doing Bruce Springsteen covering fire. Oh. <laughs> and, you know, um, it is a absolutely amazing song um, with a lot of depth and you can sing along, you know, that break where, you know, you pause and Romeo and Juliet yep. and you're just like, it is, I've never seen him do it live I would love that, but I think that is a great choice. Um, And by the way, you know, like Linda Ronstadt did a version of I Should Fall Behind on one of her albums. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you look for covers of I Shall Fall Behind, it's been covered a fair amount of times, too, which goes back to your premise, right, that if it's a great pop song, other people will flock to it and will do versions of it.
2: Yeah, it becomes sort of a standard yes. in some way, right? Right. And there and there's so many of those with with Springsteen. I mean, I can think of uh, covers of other songs that I really like a lot, uh, like One Step Up. Yeah, is another one that's been done uh, quite a few times. Or you know, it's funny. Just I just heard this this uh, cover version a, a few weeks ago. There's a band called the Downtown Boys, and we talked about them a little bit on our podcast. Okay. They're out of they're out of Rhode Island. They're a punk band out of Rhode Island. And they do a cover of Dancing in the Dark. Okay. I absolutely love, like love, but a lot of people hate it. And so, so um, and to me, that's almost like sort of like the signature of like a great performance. Like, do you get that kind of emotion on both sides, right? right. Do you get that kind of, uh, I think it's great. And one of the things, uh, again, it sort of like speaks to the song is that it can be interpreted in these different ways and yes. it can elicit that, that sort of emotion uh, you know from the listener, right?
0: Well, um, very nice. Um Patrick, before I give mine, are there um are there any honorable mentions you want to go into? No, I'm good. I okay, you sure. sure? Close right. this out, Jesse. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, you know, um I I did a lot of thoughts, um um without you which came on the blood brothers documentary which is kind of that monday um and then going through the days of the week i thought was a little too close to ain't good enough for you but it certainly did we've already talked about sherry darling cadillac ranch but i decided to go as my last is no surrender from born in the usa
4: one two three four Yeah
0: Busted out of class, you know, learned more in a three record record than we've ever learned in school. You've got that rebellion. Um, There is, um, you know, one of the things that I've found during my journey of health is no retreat, no surrender is what a lot of Springsteen fans use as their mantra as they're Mm -hmm. fighting you know, cancer, Alzheimer, you know, right. depression, you know, unemployment, whatever you do, this whole no retreat, no surrender. Yeah. And so I think it's a wonderful pop anthem. You can sing along with it. Um, I think if you ever want, if you're ever sad, um, do a Google search of No Surrender Houston um, 2014 <laughs> and there is two brothers that get on stage and sing the whole song with oh, the string wow. band. And nice. uh, you know, they are, I mean, he had a sign. I, I kicked, I busted my uh, brother out of school and Bruce brought him up. And th- there is just an example of just joy. These two guys yeah. were having a blast. So uh, that was my last choice. And I just,
4: Now, you say you're tired and you just wanna close your eyes Follow your dream now.
0: joy of that and the defiance of, you know, we, no retreat, no surrender is just, I think, a great anthem and and a wonderful pop song.
2: It's hard to argue with that. Yeah, that's, totally, an, right. that's an incredible song. And let me just Ray tell you Husser, a Jesse. quick story that the first, the, the second time I saw Springsteen, I had a huge gap. I, I saw him on the Tunnel of Love tour in the late 80s, I'm and sorry. then I didn't see him again until... Uh, the I guess it was the working on a dream, okay. Tour. So there's a huge gap there. And um, when I went to see him that second time, there were like three songs on my wish list <laughs> that I was like, if he plays these three songs, I'm gonna be so happy. Right. Yes. One of them was No Surrender, one of them was Hungry Heart, and the other one was Rosalita. Oh,
3: nice. And he nice. played all
2: three of those songs that <laughs> night. So it was a that was it, my dreams came true, yeah right. oh, absolutely. the thing I love about No Surrender, too, when you see it live, is just how much Nils gets into that song, man. Man, he just jams that thing. It is so great.
0: It is. And um, there is a springtime for Springsteen is a couple of guys actually from the Maryland area that uh, decided to do a Springsteen. They wanted to do a podcast, and they just picked – Uh, because they didn't know anything about bruce and they just said okay we'll do the springtime for springsteen because one of their best friends and you know they had a theory which i think is hilarious is they said i just think the e street band should just do nothing but covers i think they are the greatest cover band in the world they should just tour doing nothing but covers and i'm like i i don't totally agree with that theory, but I do understand the sentiment behind it (laughs) because they are such a great band. Yes. Uh, and when Bruce pulls that, whether it's, you know, um, I can't get no satisfaction or whatever. He can play it. Um, guys, this was a blast. I appreciate it. I'm so happy. So, um, tell us how to reach you. And let's also for, all our listeners, both your shows and mine, we want to talk about the importance of SRR, subscribe, rate, and review. (laughs) Um, So talk a little bit about that and then tell my listeners how they can find you guys.
2: Okay, so you can find Rock in the Suburbs um, not once in a while, but every day. Every day. day. (laughs) Listen Every every day. Listen, every day on, uh, we're on all the big podcast platforms. So yep. you got your Apple Podcasts or what used to be called iTunes and then Audio Boom and then all the other main ones Stitcher yeah. and TuneIn and right. SoundCloud and all that stuff.
3: You can throw a rock in a podcast environment and hit us. Yeah.
2: Yes, you yes. can find that. So, and then subscribe, like you said, yeah. that would be really nice. And if you can rate and review us, that would be great too. That really helps us out. As we like to say, it, it, uh, it gives us evidence. To our wives to let us keep doing the show. So That's <laughs> the reason we do it. That's, <laughs> so, so that's I, important.
0: So I have – you guys were kind enough before we hit record to talk about how often I podcast. And um, I told um, Linda, you know, Mrs. Set Lusting Bruce, oh. uh, and, and I said, yeah, um, Jim and Patrick are like, yeah, our, our we ratings and reviews show our wives that we're just not – Talking to ourselves, right. and and she kind of rolled her eyes and says, um, "Yeah, I wonder sometimes that about you. Does is anyone <laughs> else listening to you?" And I'm like, "Well, you know, at least a few." So
3: <laughs> I'm just shooting. I'll introduce her to my wife.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, um, and they can talk about right. why Bruce isn't uh, not necessarily their favorite artist. Yeah. Um, oh, she is,
2: she is. for Patrick's wife. No, that is loves, true. Yeah, Patrick's loves, wife loves, loves Springsteen. My okay, wife, God. not at all. I yes, so, she she it's funny. Spring I'm living this yeah, private yeah, yeah. hell. A couple
0: times, <laughs> yeah. Oh, but very good. Well, yeah. um, our show is available at Set Lesting Bruce on Twitter. Uh, we have a Facebook page at Bruce and my personal Twitter at Jesse Jackson DFW. We'd love to hear your suggestions on what is a Bruce Springsteen, uh, your favorite Bruce Springsteen songs. Um, I have I don't have a fun jingle, but you can call me at two one four. 736 3121. If you want to leave a voicemail, guys, what's the suburban party line number? And so that my listeners can say, Hey, I found you because of Set Lusting Bruce.
2: Oh, that would be great. We would love to get those calls. Sure. Yes. Any calls. I'll recite it. So uh, we, have a, we have a phone number you can call and leave a message. It's called the suburban party line. It is 612 440
3: 1884.
2: There you go. And Jesse, let me just ask you one quick thing before sure. we go here. Uh, did you interview our friend Mary Nahorniak last night?
0: I did interview Mary, and it was such was a that? joy. Uh, she, um, for those of you, you, you will have heard the episode by this one is released, but um, Mary was a former colleague at uh, USA Today with the guys, and yep. uh, she would have a regular episode Tuesdays with Mary, kind of a play on Tuesdays with Maury, and she is absolutely just A sweet lovely person and a great interview so um, I'd been bugging bugging her and she joined me last night we talked about an hour we talked about her daughter Alice and music she told actually a couple of fun Springsteen stories Um, one of them I thought was very funny she was in the car and Mary's place came on and she's like hey that's a Springsteen song about me. (laughs) And so, um, and she talked a lot about the different music that Alice is listening to and and her husband going to right now all their date nights or concerts so it was an absolutely wonderful discussion and I appreciate you guys helping to make this happen that's great yeah Ah, she's the best a delight she is yeah yeah, thanks Jesse so much thank you guys Um, so please check out uh, Rockin' the Suburbs Jim Patrick have a great night and I will be listening to you daily thanks team God bless you man stay strong dude thanks guys talk to you soon bye bye see ya How are you, man? I am great. I, I, I came in. Sorry, I heard some of your stuff. I hope you're doing well. I, I to am, talk to you. Yeah, I am doing okay. It is. Um, yeah, it is. You know, it's kind of, uh, and there's other people that have so much worse than I do. So um, I kind of keep that in perspective. And uh, so we're doing I know okay. You do. Yeah. And
3: you, yeah, and and you're doing great, man. Um, Thank you're you. an inspiration. You're uh, you're so positive and like still cranking out all kinds of achievements. Well, thank You know, that yeah, you know, I, I I always think about this um and this is what you do is you do something every day and you like it, you know, you crank something out and that means a lot. And you're an inspiration in that sense. You crank out so many of these episodes <laughs> that are so good. Well, uh, um, and you still find time to listen to our stuff, which I don't I understand. <laughs> <laughs> well, so god bless you for that, man.
0: The beauty of yours is you know, you're 20 to 30 minutes, which is a perfect commute time, and <laughs> um, yeah, and you know, versus I tend to, you know, we tend to talk a lot, but it's a different kind of format, sure. and um, and I just loved what you guys have been doing, and and I am so jealous that I'm here. In so, anyway, I'm just jealous, I, I want to hang. At oh. you know the on the back porch or in the you <laughs> well, know you are welcome man. Okay. Anytime you want to well, come I up. will make that Start good. Yeah. All right. So all right, now, you ready to get when started? The, when the
2: when the Cowboys yeah. play the Redskins. Yes, right?
0: there we go. That would be I'll fun. Yes. All oh, right.
2: So, so and uh, and just one other thing too. Is yeah. Patrick, you mentioned you know how does Jesse have time for this? He does. You do like multiple podcasts. I know. It's too.
3: ridiculous. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, you're talking I, all the sci-fi yeah, fantasy I stuff that I have no concept of what that whole world is. Right.
0: You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only Set Listing Bruce.
5: Set and
0: Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set and Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission.